0: In the following live session recording, Mitch Bellflower, children's pastor for First Baptist Church Lyons, Georgia, talks about effective outreach strategies for preschool and children's ministry. What is your church's strategy for reaching young families in your community? Are they working? This session explores some effective strategies to connect families in your community to your church. Let's join Mitch now.
1: Welcome. I hope that you have all the answers because I do not. If you came to this class to get all the answers, you're going to... I'm just kidding. Uh, I, we, listen, I've done this for about 10 years. I don't have all the answers and I will tell you a little secret. There's no magic potion that I can give you that's going to give you all the answers. Okay? God's going to give you the answers and God's going to supply our needs. Okay? Because He tells us that He does. Alright, so let's get started. How many of you guys in here, I know that you told me where you're from. Some I recognize, some I don't. If you're in here and you're from a small town and serving kind of like a small church, raise your hand. Okay, so about half of maybe a little more than half of it. Okay, I have served. Small. When I say small, I'm thinking uh, 150 members or less. about that? 50 members or less? Okay, all right. Or even 100 members or less. Okay. I All right. okay. All right. Well, I have served in probably the smallest church in our community. It's called Normantown Baptist Church. There was about 10 members in that whole entire church. Okay, oh, wow. 10 members. For, for a length of time. So, when I say I've served in a small church, i served in a small, small church. Now I serve at probably the largest church in our, our area, uh, which is Lions First Baptist. But I've done both. Now, whether it's a small church or a big church, there's a difference, right? There's some differences between a small church and a, and a big church. What are some of the differences? What would be some differences or some, I, I guess, some pros and cons or pros to either one? Give me some difference between a small and a large church. What do you think? Okay, volunteers to come Money. Okay. Volunteers? Money? Okay. What else? Facilities. Space. Okay. Those are some good answers. I can tell you that they're up there too. <laughs> Cause I was trying that when I was uh, preparing this, I was going through and I was racking my brain. I was like, Alright, so there's differences. I have worked in both. What are some of the differences? You guys have named a lot of them. The first one that I thought of was money. Okay. You think because you, you know a large church, you got an endless budget. Okay, you do have a little bit bigger budget than a smaller church. Okay, but it, it's money. Okay, all right. So that's the issue: volunteers, volunteers. In a smaller church, you're going to have a smaller amount of volunteers than in a larger church. Come on, and then kids. What about kids? A smaller church is generally going to have less kids. In Normantown... This is what our kids' wing looked like. Actually, it was a kids' room, but this is what it looked like. And this was when I first started getting into it about 25 years ago. We had one room over here. We might have had an infant. Our next child was probably kindergarten. Our next child was fourth grade. We might have had eighth grade, and that was pretty much it. Okay, you see the, the space there? So that's kind of what you're dealing with with a smaller church. Okay, so kids, that's a little different space. I heard space. Smaller churches have less space. And then what about traditions? When when I say traditions, think about traditions. A smaller church usually has different traditions than some of your larger churches. Okay? Alright. And then we also got bivocational employees. Your larger churches tend to have a full-time paid staff member. Okay? More than one most of the time. In a smaller church, you got to buy a vocational pastor, and that's pretty much who you're paying. The rest of it is going to be voluntary work, okay, or volunteers. All right, so now, no matter if you're in a small church or a large church, here's the thing. You still have the same mission, okay? There are different things, but the mission is the same. Uh, the doctrine and the value to the kingdom of God is the same, whether you're in a small church or a large church, okay? It's just the way that we carry out the vision is the only difference, alright? That's the only difference. So, let's take it down and get a little bit smaller. We're going to think just a touch smaller, right? Now. And when I say smaller, I mean kids smaller, okay? So we're going to talk about children's ministry. And we're going to talk a little bit about eating in in smaller churches, big churches, how to attract, how to keep them, and those kind of things. So, how many of you guys have ever heard anyone say this statement right here? Our children is the future of our church. We've all kind of heard that, right? I've heard it probably a hundred times. Our children are the future of our church. Well, now, you know what? That statement is true. However, it's a little inaccurate. And this is what I mean. The children are the future of our church. But guess what? They're also part of the church right now. Okay? Not only are they the future of the church, they're part of the church right now. So we're going to take a look at that, okay? Okay? And here's the thing. Since they're the future and part of the church, if we don't grab them now, if we don't teach them now, if we don't get control of that now and get them in, something else will. Okay? Alright, something else will. So let's look at this. I did a study this past week and I looked and part of it was through Barna and all and, and everything. Now, here's the thing that I come up with. Current studies indicate that nearly half of all Americans okay, half of all Americans who accept Jesus Christ do so before they reach the age of 13 46% of all Americans that accept Jesus Christ do so before they reach their 13th birthday that's huge that is huge let's look at the next age group now 29% was age group between 14 and and 21. Okay? That's your next biggest age group. And then you got this, 16% made fresh in space uh, from ages 22 to 39. And the smallest age group, the smallest age group was that 40 and above, okay, 40 and above. So here's what I want you guys to take away from this, this first piece of the pie, okay? 46%. That's almost half are 13 and under. We're talking seventh grade and under. If you're in children's ministry, and all of you are in some ways, or you would be sitting in these chairs, if you're in children's ministry, that is huge. You're teaching and you're telling the most receptive age group on the planet about Jesus every single Sunday. And every single Wednesday. The most receptive age group you get to teach. 13 and under. Studies have proven it. It's not something, and I'm just up here, and it's not color on the wall. Okay? These is something, these companies have done studies, and this is what they figured out. Now, think about it this way. I'll give you another perspective of it that kind of puts it back in mind. Hopefully, all of you guys do BBS in here. Everybody do BBS in here? Alright. If not, Trust me, you should, because VBS is a massive outreach. We do VBS, and here's the thing. This actually comes from Georgia Bath Mission Board and some other studies as well. Now get this, 25% of all of our salvations comes from that one week of VBS, a quarter, 25%, okay? That's huge. So no other age group is like it. So when Sunday morning or Wednesday, when you're sitting there and you're thinking about it, you're like, okay, this is the most receptive age group that's out there. Now here's the thing. Because they're the most receptive age group and because we get that opportunity, we need to figure out how to get the kids and how to keep them coming back get right? You need to motivate them. All right, so I've come up with a few things. Like I said, this is not a magic potion that I'm fixing to give you guys. It's just some things that I've thought of. It's some things that I've had to work through. It's some things that I think are very important, okay? Probably you're already doing a lot of this. The first one that I want to point out is, I know that it's hard to see on this brick wall, but it's appearance, okay? Appearance. What I mean by that is your first impressions, okay? Now, take, right, you can even take me for instance, I guess. If I was up here and I had a dirty, torn shirt, something like that, your impression of me would not be what it is right now. Now, here's the thing. Truth or not, like it or not, when you came through and you saw me out in the hall or you saw me come in, you had a first impression of me. Did you not? You did, didn't you? Can't help it. Everyone does it. Alright? First impression are a big deal. First impressions can make you or first impressions I think can break you and here's what I mean by that. When a kid comes in and it's their first time there, they have a first impression of that place. If they don't like it, if it's not something that excites them or attracts them, they're not going to come back. A parent's not going to come back to either. Now, and a lot of these are, are with parents, but here's the thing. Who gets their kids to serve? the parents. That same age group that that we're talking about 13 and under, not one of them can drive. Not one of them has a driver's license. Not one of them has a chauffeur. They can't just get in a limo and they drop them off at church. The parents are their taxes. They're responsible for getting them there. So parents has a big deal whether or not their kids come back and forth to church. So this is what I mean by uh, appearance. How about greeters? How many of you guys have greeters that's that's in there? Okay. all right here's the deal we have a greeter uh brother larry and miss charlotte it besides myself we greet every single time that we have church and it's the same greeters and here's the reason why when those kids come in they're seeing the same friendly face every single time so what happens is they get comfortable with brother larry they get comfortable with miss charlotte they get comfortable seeing me and it gets easier Especially if they're little and they're, we have some. You know how it is if you're in kid's ministry and you've been in there too long or long enough. When you get some that's just coming in, they don't want to because there's nose They're going to be a separation from mom and dad. However, if you're constant with your greeters, if you're constant with the people that see them all the time, that will get better. Okay? So we do that every single time. Greeting. What about... How about your your rooms. Now your rooms should be kid friendly and this is what I mean. When I say kid friendly I'm not talking and I can go back to when I was in the other church. I can go back the room that we used basically already had some tables and chairs in there. Adult tables and chairs. (coughs) Did we change them? No. Now looking back on that I'd have done a whole lot different but I wasn't in full time ministry then we were just getting into it. But this is what I mean by kid-friendly. I mean, chairs that are lower to the ground, tables that are lower to the ground. This this color right here, that would not get it in a kids' room. Okay, you can't have an adult room and put kids in it and expect them to like it. All right, they just they're not built like we are. Okay, they're different. They're visual. So you need to have furniture that meets their stature. Okay. All right. So. It also needs to be clean, clean, especially if you're dropping off any nursery kids. Drop off a nursery kid and see what happens. If a mom or dad or a visitor comes in and they got a one-year-old and they go and they are going to check them in and they are dropping them off but they can look through the window and if I've got dirty carpets or if I've got dirty floors in there, guess what? They know that that going should be on the floor. How many of you guys sit in chairs the whole time? Probably none of us in children's ministry. When we go, I can tell you the first thing that my kids do. They go in there and they take their shoes off. I mean, they kick them off. I got teachers that kick their shoes off by the time they get in there. So what happens is we're a whole lot different than adults. An adult class will do exactly what you guys just did. They'll come in, they sit down in the chair. The only thing that touches their floor is the bottom of their shoes. Not so in children's ministry. We crawl on it. We play on it. We have a good time on it. We've got mats on it. So if your floors and your space is not clean, parents are not going to bring them back. Okay, the kids are really not going to come back. Now the older they get, so make sure that your floors are clean. Make sure you have enough space. That was one of the ones that was brought up a while ago. Here's another reason that I say that. Back when I was in in the other church, we had an I guess it would say, I could almost tell you it was almost like a, a empty room in the back. But now, that room had some storage things in it. So what we did was we just took kind of a storage room and we tried to make that into a kid's room. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't just get a closet or a storage room and make it into a kid's room. Make sure that they have their own designated space. That's for them. make sure it's clean make sure it's attractive make sure it's exciting make sure it's colorful make sure because they're going to want to come back if it is okay so that's your appearance all right so here's your next thing safety now it goes hand in hand I, i'm not real sure about today in today's time it may be more important than appearance to be honest with you especially with now that everything that's going on Parents insist on safety, security, and hygiene for their kids. Every church should have these. I'll tell you something else that I believe every church should have. Every church should have a check-in system of some sort. Does everybody in here have a check-in system? Okay. Even, if, even if you're the smallest church, even if you have to do it with just paper, you should have some type of check-in system. Now, when I say check-in... Guess what that means? You should also have some type of check-out system. You should have a designated spot to where your kids get dropped off and the parents come back and they pick them up. Because long gone are the days where when church is over, you can just open that door and they go outside and they play. Okay? That's, you can't do that anymore. We can't be too careful. The parents are trusting us. They're trusting you every single week with their most prized possession, and that's their kids. It's our job to make sure that they're safe and make sure that the area that they're in is clean. Okay? So, let's talk about safety a little bit. Um, I talked about the chip-in system, background checks. Now, I'm a pretty big stickler for background checks. Now, I know that some of the smaller churches that I've talked to, especially in my area, they're like, well, I don't need to run a background check because I mean, Sally, she just lives across the street over there. Or Henry, I mean, he, he takes care of everybody's yards. All right, here's the deal. In today's time, I would not let anyone work in my children's department without a background check. A five-minute background check that's going to cost you uh Fifteen bucks can save you a lot of heartache. Okay, I wouldn't let anybody work in children's department without a background check, no matter how big or how small the church. Okay, because it's easy to get them done. With. All right. Also, you can uh, you can start talking to the ones, especially if I have someone that go, that comes up to me and says, "Hey, I think I want to start working in children's department." I say, "Okay, well, let's talk about that a little bit, and then we'll meet later on." And then I'm going to ask him some questions. I'm going to ask her some questions. Why do you want to be in my children's department? Why do you want to work in there? What makes you, uh, are you called or you feel you led to do that? I want to know what their purposes are. Now, if I go to someone, it's a little bit different, but I would still do background checks and interviews and maybe even some references. I would especially do those on the ones that actually came, that come to you. Okay? So safety. Also be aware of their allergies. A lot of kids have allergies nowadays, um, so just be aware of that. That's why you have to have that check-in system. If you check Paul in and he's got peanut allergies, what you could do is you could write it right beside his name if it's only written. Hours, it prints that out on a label, so every teacher knows that Sam's got a peanut allergy. Okay, uh, So you just you have to be careful, and you can't be too safe. All right, let me ask you another question, and I kind of fell short on this too with hours. How many of you guys do regular emergency training in your church? Okay, all right. We do it, but it probably was about, it's probably about once every other year. Um, And when I say emergency training, in case of the fire, do your parents know where you're going to take the kids? Do they know? Because you can't have every parent trying to go to the kids' wing Trying to get their parents in case of a fire. What about an intruder? What about bad weather? Those are some things that you also need to think about as far as safety. Okay. All this—if you've got all this in place, parents will want to bring their kids and keep bringing them to church. Okay. So, next thing we want to talk about is workers. All right. So workers. Now we've already talked about children being the most receptive age. All right. So. Here's what I would do, since that, the mo- since that's the most receptive age on the planet, you know what I would do? I would put my absolute best teachers in that department, even, now some of you guys are going to say what, even if it means going and pulling them from an adult class. You've already seen the statistics, you've already seen the age group. This is the most receptive age. Why not have your best teachers in this department you should have rock star teachers in your children's department that's what you should have even if it means pulling them from the adults. 40 plus you saw the percent 40 plus what was it nine somewhere around in there 40 plus nine if you've got an outstanding teacher in that class they need to be in that kids kids that's your most receptive group not your 40 plus okay Now, that's just my little spill on that. Mm -hmm. I'm a children's pastor, so I won't mind having the very best. All right, so I would put the very best teachers in the area. I would go more into detail uh, about volunteers. I can talk a little bit more about that. I've got another breakout session tonight that strictly involves volunteers, how to get them and how to actually retain them. Um, Now, I've been in full-time ministry for this, I'm going on 10 years. Up until about four months ago, I have always had a waiting list for teachers. I had one couple that waited two solid years before they actually got on, before I had somebody leave and they got on. But I'll go into that in another session. That's another breakout session for tonight if you're interested in, in that. Or I can talk afterwards when we get done here. Alright, so leading volunteers can be a full-time job it also can be a full-time headache. now I go I'm, I'm, I go and visit different people that have their own businesses and they always tell me they like man you know what it's so aggravating trying to keep my employees coming on coming to work they don't come to work on time you know then they want to get off on this and they want to do this and I'm like your employees are getting paid Try doing that with 90 volunteers. Try keeping 90 volunteers coming back every single Sunday with no money. You can't fire them. You, you, really, if you really make them too mad, what are they going to do anyway? They're going to leave, right? Alright, so, it's super hard just trying to keep volunteers coming back. Alright, so, that's why you want to get the very best moves. Alright, children's ministry requires a large work for. It requires a large group of volunteers. There's no way you can do it by yourself or with just minimum of people. If I had to do mine by myself, I would have to find something else to do. There's no way that, and God doesn't want us to do that. You don't have to do that on your own. Okay? Now, a teacher, think about this, a teacher that only lectures probably should not be in your children's department. If that's all they're going to do is just stand there and lecture, you might need to rethink that. And you may need to make a hard decision. You need to have teachers that are are exciting. You need to have teachers that have a passion about kids. Okay? Again, I go into that a little bit more in detail in that other breakout session. Good teachers keep them excited and they use active learning techniques such as games and activities. I hope that all of you guys, when you're teaching your kids, use some type of game or activity or something like that, right? Now, here's the thing. This is what I will encourage you to do. Just don't use just any game or any activity. Whatever game or whatever activity you use, relate it back to the message and back to the story that you're talking about. Don't miss the opportunity through a game or to an activity to share the gospel again, to tell that story again. I've also heard it said before that it takes someone saying something about six or seven times before someone really actually hears it and gets it, okay? So repeat it over and over and over. That's what you want in a word Make sure that every game is related to your lesson. Now the next one is relationships. Now relationships is big if you ask me and here's the reason that they're big, we're created for relationships. We're designed for relationships. We need to have a relationship with God and we need to have a relationship with others. Okay, That's just how we were designed and that's just how we were created. Building those relationships just takes you just you have to intentionally do it. Every single time that I talk to a child you know the first thing that I do? I get on my knees every single time and when I talk to them because here's the reason why there's something different Josh there's something different if I'm eye level with you and I'm having a conversation rather than me being up here and them being down there get on their level build that relationship with them every single time every single time sometimes if it's small I'll even screws down like this but I want them to know that I care about them enough to get on their level and I want them to know that what they have to say is important to me. So, kneel down. Get on the level. Build that relationship. um, Visit the rooms. Also, every Sunday after a large group, this is what I do. Now, some of you guys may can do this. Some of you guys may not can. I would encourage you, if you're the leader in that ministry, to visit your rooms. After a large group, I go to every single classroom. It may not be, but for five or six minutes. It may be me only going to that three-year-old classroom and me playing trucks or pushing the truck with sand in the floor. It may be going to the pre-K and just helping Anna Kate color just a little bit on her sheet, okay? But I go in every single room, and here's the reason why. I want them to know that I care about them. Also, what happens is when I visit that room, What does it do to that teacher that's inside that room? That teacher realizes that I care about what they're doing as well. And as the leader, I can see how they're reacting with the kids. I can see how the kids are reacting to her or to him. Okay? So visit the room. Do I have any pastors? Like, okay,
0: all right. pastors
1: on Not, not. I mean, like senior. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is what I'm, I want. I want to tell you guys this. It is imperative that you guys go to visit, and the children don't just not go over there. Make it a point to go over there frequently, because you know what, the kids and the workers need to know that the pastor supports them. They need to know that the pastor thinks that the children's ministry is a big deal. It's worth it. And it's something about you guys. Brother Danny can go into a classroom. I can go into a classroom and I can say all kind of things. The kids react one way. If Brother Danny comes to that classroom, he don't have to say anything. All he's got to do is just come into the classroom. Man, they come up here, they want to hug know, and do all this kind of stuff something about the pastor coming in there that just make they make a big deal out of that not just with the kids but with the teachers so I would encourage every single pastor to make that a frequent visit just just so the kids and the parents know that they're important you should be building relationships with everything that you do with every aspect that you do whether it's singing teaching reading games activities it playing no matter what you do you should be building a relationship with that and then five let's talk about fun for just a second now today's kids as well as some adults and i'm one of those have short attention spans okay Am I the only one in here that's got shorter teaching? Some of you guys are probably like, huh? All right. So I have one of those shorter teaching things. Kids do too. So here's what I would advise: I would keep it short, because I can tell you this: a child within the first few seconds, they're going to figure out whether what you or we have to say is important and is worth their time. So you got to go ahead and get them right off the bat. Okay? You have to get on their level, so to speak. So keep it short, keep it to the point, and don't miss the moments that they're going to give you. Okay? Don't miss the moments that they're going to give you. Kids are curious. And we need to feed that curiosity. How many of you guys in here have noticed the big gift box in front of the room already? Almost everybody in here, right? Alright, now let me ask you this. When you came in and you saw this box in the front of this room, you was like, did you think, why is that box here? Right? Then you thought, well, what's in the box? And then you probably thought, well, what is he going to do in this class that's going to have anything to do with this box? Well, here's the deal. The box is empty. All it was was an intention getter. You are curious, just like I am curious, just like these kids are curious. You were curious about what this box is. I don't do. I hardly ever do a lesson or a sermon, even in in adult church, without a visual a prop or something. And the adults love it. And I'm talking. About, I'm not talking about a little postcard where you come up here and you know and you're telling about a picture. I'm talking about. A prop, and here's here's what I did one time before. They're still talking about it. This was done five years ago. Brother Danny asked me to preach, and I said, okay. Uh, I prayed about it, and I knew what I needed to preach. Well, I knew what I wanted to do, because I'm always thinking how I would want somebody to do me, and because I'm a children's pastor, I just I can get away with a lot of things. Okay, <laughs> so I said, you know what? Let's try it. Well, I went to our local marina and I borrowed a 14-foot aluminum boat. We put it on the stage of the sanctuary, okay? I preached from inside the boat. Do you know five years later, I'll still have people coming to me saying, you know, I sure did like that message when you talked about getting out of the boat, you know. And, and all it was, it was the story of, of, of Peter getting out you know, and Jesus walking on the water. And basically, it ended up like this. You know, Peter did get out, but the other disciples never got out. You know, Those kind of things. It was a visual. Now what happened was when they came in and they sat in those pews, they saw that boat. And automatically, I had their attention because they were like, what is a boat doing in here? Now, I had no idea how my older congregation was gonna to react to that. Because you know how you can do certain things and you got this, I guess you kinda of got a golden calf in there a little bit. They loved it. It was different. I had them coming up to me and say, Man, you got on my level. It wasn't. I just was on the kids level. I just was keeping it simple. A lot of times we can speak over them. Don't do that with your kids. Okay. Use a problem. <clears throat> Use something that's a visual because we're curious. And I'll prove it. <clears throat> How many of you guys have ever been by a wreck before? What's the first thing you do? You slow down and then what you do? Okay, we're looking because we're curious. We want to see what's going on. A kid is no different. Okay, Kids are curious. Yeah, I read. That's what I was talking about. I read. Yeah. I saw some of you guys. Like, huh? you know, it's just it's common nature. If you go by an accident, you're gonna look. You're gonna slow down and you going to look. Okay? It's because we're curious by nature. Kids are the same way. Alright, so just like this box, it you got your attention. I saw it was used for. Now, you can do a lesson with almost anything. So use the curiosity to your advantage and keep them ready to discover. They'll also connect more, okay? Now, here's what I mean by that. This generation, these kids today, they're way more connected than what you and I were. Way more connected than what you and I were. They have no idea what it's like without a tablet, a phone, a computer, internet, everything, okay? No idea. So you can even use some of that to your advantage as well. Okay? They're connected. There. Alright, so, let's go to this one. This one is follow up. Okay? Now, here's, here's the thing follow up is also a big deal. Don't leave them hanging. When you have a visitor that comes to church, do you. Now, we give out visitor bags and we try to make a big deal of them coming and stuff like that. I hope you guys will do that as well. If not, Maybe you need to at least make a big deal of them coming and make sure that you have loved on them, not just the kids, but the parents as well. Okay? When we visit or when we greet the kids as they're coming in, we're also greeting the parents as well. All right? So follow-up is a big deal. When you've got uh, a, a visitor, you need to follow-up with them. Don't leave them hanging. Try to get an address. Try to get a phone number. If nothing else, over the next couple of days, send the card if you can get an address. If you can't get an address, send a text. And say, hey, you know what? This is Brother Mitch from the church. I enjoyed you guys visiting with us someday. We'd love to have you come back. If you need anything, just let us know. Those kind of things. Follow-up is a big deal. What about what happens when a kid gets sick? Is that the end? No! That's just the beginning. Really, what happens is when a child, when, when salvation comes, that's basically when you start. Don't leave them hanging because guess what? They're going to need to know what to do now. Now, we use a thing, and I pro- probably a lot of you guys use it as well. It's called I'm a Christian Now. You, know, you all know that talking about? Okay. That's a really good one. It keeps it simple. Uh, that's what we've been using for years. And what we do is we do that probably uh, three times a year that we'll have that class and we'll go through it. Because when, when a child gets saved, they need to know what the next step is. They need to know that they need to have a quiet time, a daily quiet time, and they need to read the Word of God. They need to know what the Lord's Supper is and what it's about. Because now that they're a Christian, guess what? They get to partake in it. And it's not just getting a little piece of crumb, uh, a cracker, and then some grape juice. There's a whole lot more to it than that to follow up with them. Follow up when they visit. Follow up when they get saved. Now, it can be very time-consuming. I know, but it's worth it. What about birthdays? Birthday cards. As connected as they are, there's something about getting a birthday card in the mail where they can open it with their name on. Now we do that. I have some volunteers that come in every Sunday and they go through our system and that's what they do. is They wrap birthday cards for that week and then we send them out. Parents love to. When the parents see their kids getting to open a birthday card, you know what it tells them? That the kids matter to us as a church and that we love them and we're thinking about them. Alright? No difference. No difference. Just send them a card let them know that you're talking about and thinking about. Them. I actually told Kelly when I was preparing this, and I haven't started it, but I may start it. Um, you know, kids like to get cards, but adults like to get cards as well. Adults like to get cards as well. I, I actually, I have, I don't know the details. I haven't figured out the details. It just kind of came to me when this. They, some of you guys may already be doing something similar. I may go back and look at our database and see if I can figure out when like anniversaries are or when, you know, some things with our parents. Like I say, I don't know, still really early in the stages. It may just be that I just send a letter or a card periodically to the parents. Just let them know that I appreciate them entrusting us with their kids. Parents like to get mail too, okay? Parents like to be informed. So, we need to make sure that we follow up. Alright? The next thing I want to talk about is missions. Missions. Now, you're probably looking you're probably thinking, missions? Alright, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys do missions at your church? Our church is a very mission-minded church. We probably do uh, four to six mission trips a year. um, all, All kind of things, Okay. Well, here's the thing. That's not just an adult activity, okay? The Bible tells us that's what we should be doing. All right. So why not get our kids involved? We get our kids involved with VBS, okay? During the week of VBS, and I'm pretty sure all of you guys said you did VBS. Why do you take up a mission to offering? All right. So here's what we do. When we do our VBS, right after our worship rally, every single day monday through friday the kids know what we have is called penny wars okay we call it penny wars it's basically a competition between the boys and the girls and what happens is they bring in pennies and loose coins every single day now i have a bucket for the five gallon bucket for the girls i've got a five gallon bucket for the boys and i'll call them row by row or grade by grade and they come up and they dump their pennies in and then i have it on a scale we build a big scale and we hold it, of course, until everybody gets done. Now it's a competition, kids like competition, but they also know that what they're doing is they're getting involved in missions because we tell them what the mission money is going to go for that Sunday during our BBS kickoff. When we start our BBS on Monday, they already know that Sunday morning during regular service we have a big BBS kickoff and we include the adults because we want them to be a part of it as well and want them to know, they know where that money's going. They know why they're raising it. By the, by the end of Friday, almost every single time, we raise anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $2,700 just in pennies. And then what happens is we get to go and we get to give it as a children's part. They get to be part of that. That's just something that you can do at BBS. There's a lot of other things that you can do. Here's, here's one that you can even do at your church, like a Wednesday night, okay? Wednesday night, take you some kids, take some Windex and some paper towels, go to the parking lot, clean some windshields. But underneath the, the windshield wiper, you leave a little note saying that it was a little missions project, we wanted to serve you, and so we want to clean your windshield for you. Kids love it just because it's getting them out of a building. They like to move. They like to be excited. They like to do different things. It's just cleaning the windshield in the parking lot. What if you went around and you picked up trash? Same difference. No difference. You can get them involved in any type of missions. And the earlier they get involved in missions, the more that's going to be instilled into them. And when they get to be an adult, they're going to be like, missions? If they've never done it, that's exactly what's going to happen. Okay? So, another thing that we've done, you can do it in your classrooms. And this is a really cool thing that all of our kids like. You can create a little goodie bag for your police, sheriff, firefighters, nurses, any of that. You pick and choose. They get to put the stuff in there. They get to help you make up the bag. And then the next week, why don't you do this? Call your chief of police or call your sheriff or call your fire chief. Get them to send someone over in uniform because kids love it. And then you, as a department, get to give it to them. It's just a missions opportunity. Okay? A missions opportunity. It's simple. It's cheap. But it gets the kids involved into missions. Okay? Give them the opportunity to serve others through missions. Alright, another one is outings. Now, outings to me is a big deal, okay? And and here's the reason why. Kids need to see Jesus somewhere other than inside the church. If inside the church is the only place that they see Jesus, hear Jesus, and talk about Jesus, we got a big problem. They need to see Jesus outside the church, okay? We need to be his hands and feet outside the church of the church all right so when we said when i say outreach i mean events and stuff like that like fall festival that's one of them okay now this is also a perfect time for outreaching in your community okay our fall festival is open to anyone we have all kind of people that come what about a movie night you can take a big our association has a van or, or a trailer and it has a big blow up screen with a projector and stuff like that take it to a local park set it up one night, have a movie night. Anybody can come and watch it. Talk to them. Hand them some water. Hand them some popcorn. Hand them a track. Hand them some information about the church. It's an outreach opportunity. It's also building relationships outside of your church walls. The kids need to see us talking and teaching about Jesus outside of the church building. You're also um, building relationships with that. Get the entire church involved. Okay? Get the entire church involved. This Sunday that's coming up, uh, the 18th, I think it's the Sunday. Yeah. Um, our whole church will go. We rented our uh, aquatic center uh, there, everybody. We will have services at the aquatic center. It's building relationship, it's outing. Brother Danny's actually going to speak a little bit, a, a little message right here. The kids are going to play at Splash Pad. We're going to have the youth there, all the adults. We're just going to have a good time. They need to know that Jesus exists outside of church, okay? And do it as a whole church. I would do it uh, as a whole body. All right, I talked to you about the fall festivals. I talked to you about movie night, uh, park night, um, trunk or treat, okay? All of these you can build opportunities and build relationships with, all right? The most powerful outreach tool, the most powerful outreach tool, is a personal invite. Don't forget that. You can, you can put it in bulletin after bulletin after bulletin. You can put it in announcement after announcement after announcement. The most powerful outreach tool you have is face to face. Remember, I talked to you about the face to face. Face to face and a personal invite. If you invite somebody and it's a personal invite, they're gonna have a hard time telling you no know, most of the time, okay? So make it personal, all right? So outings, you could even have a parent night. And we'll do one of these uh, coming up soon. Basically, if you wanna be a superhero to the parents, you have a parent night. And that means, what, basically what that means is you're gonna take the kids, you're gonna take them for three or four hours, they're gonna be in your care, at the church, you can do fun games with them. You can teach them. You can do some movies and stuff like that. While the parents, maybe they just need to go on a date night. Maybe they just need to go buy groceries without having three kids tagging along trying to get to the toy aisle. Okay? Whatever the reason. <laughs> whatever the reason. It's, it's an opportunity. Now, you talking about being excited? Just do one of those and see what your parents react like. Okay? howdy. Make sure that you do it. The top ten or the top reasons family visited our churches was because of an outing, basically. Okay? I'll tell you this. And it wasn't an event that was done inside the church. Most of the time, if you'll talk to them and you'll think about it, it was because of a movie night, because of a fall festival, a trunk or tree. Someone invited them, and that's how they got connected. To our church, okay. That's what outings, and that's why they're important. Okay. Extend the welcome mat, and then last parents. Okay. Now I told you a while ago that parents were the taxes. Okay. They're what gets the kids to and from to and from your church. Kids can't drive themselves. Now. Millennials have a lot of kids. Okay? The millennial generation is the largest generation in American history. However, it could be it could be surpassed by Gen Z. Okay? So if parents visit your church, one of the highest priorities is the quality of the children's ministry. The okay? They need to know that their child is being loved, that their child is happy that they're being taken care of. You need to build relationships with these parents. Even though my title is children's pastor, I can tell you this. Josh can tell you. I spend as much, if not more, time ministering to the families and to the parents as I do to the kids. Parents are important. Parents are a big deal. Parents want you to to make sure that they're noticed. They're the taxes. I don't care how great your kids might like it. Make mom and dad mad and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Make mom and dad feel like you don't care about the kids. Make mom and dad feel like you don't care about them and see what happens. They'll find some place where they do feel like they're getting cared about it's just a big deal. Parents are a super big deal, especially this new generation. Now, some of you, most—I hope most of you guys. Some of you guys will anyway. When I say helicopter parents, do y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, we've all heard that, right? All right. So, which means this last generation that that was in, we're basically called the helicopter parents, okay? Where well, we kind of hovered over everything. All right. Well, here's the deal. This new generation. Think of this. Think of. Think of a motorcycle and a sidecar. Okay? They're no longer just hovering. They're actually connected in this new generation. And what I mean by that is the breakaway is going to be way harder than what it was. They want to know. They want to go. They want to be right where they are You I notice a trend, and you may notice it too. I notice a trend, especially in the, in the smaller ones, the ones that's that's coming up now. They can't a lot of times they can't hardly do anything for themselves. Let me tell you why? Sidecar parent. It's no longer a helicopter parent that's hovering. Now you're connected. Now that parent wants to do everything for. You. Okay? So that's that new generation that's coming up. Now you got a sidecar parent. Nothing wrong with it. You just got to adapt. You got to just be aware of that generation. Okay? The parent needs to be involved just as much as you. you need to involve that parent. They need to be informed. Remember I told you that I heard one time before you gotta say something six or seven times before it stick. Okay? Six or seven times before it stick. No different with a parent. Alright? So and then our last. I saved our last, our best for last. Okay? So prayer. The Apostle Paul tells us to what? He tells us to pray without ceasing, To pray constantly. Okay, Guys, I can tell you, if you're in children's ministry and if you've been in children's ministry in the length of time, you better know how to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Now here's the thing. We need to remind ourselves that prayer does not need to be neglected. What you're doing into our ministry, after all, is a spiritual work anyway. We're talking and we're teaching about Jesus Christ, about the Savior of the world. God doesn't want us to fail at that, but He does want to help us. All we have to do is pray and ask. Okay? Imagine now. Get this. Imagine what it would be like if you got every member of your church to come down one Sunday and every member picked up a different child's name. Okay? And then for that whole month, that child has been specifically prayed for by other members of the church. Now, two things are fixing to happen. God likes for us to pray. That's our way of talking to Him. He likes for us to pray and intercede for each other. Can you imagine if your whole entire church body and congregation were praying for your children's ministry? Can you imagine what would take place there? I would encourage you to do that if you're not doing it. All it would take is just a simple card with some kids' names. You could even, you don't even have to do it in front of the church. You could go to some of your adult Sunday school classes and say, "Hey, you know what? Will you hand these out? Will you commit to pray for these kids for a month and see what God has in store when we pray and we ask Him and we get Him involved? We can connect the generations." by being intentional with our prayer. Now, not not only is it going to help those kids by praying for them, what's going to happen... Let's see. Steve, if you were to pray for a child for a solid month, what's going to happen at, at the end of that month? You're going to start wondering. You're going to actually... have. You may not know that child at all, but at the end of the month, Steve's going to say, you know what? I wonder... I wonder what Lucy's doing. I wonder how she's being. I wonder how she's doing. So it's going to bring the generations together. Okay? And it's going to build those relationships. I think relationships are super key in any ministry. Especially in the children. So start off with prayer. Every single month, Kelly and I do a prayer breakfast. And what we do is... Uh, the first Sunday of the month in our upstairs cafe we have a hot breakfast for all of our Sunday school teachers okay They come in at eight o'clock and we have breakfast and we talk about it uh, or just fellowship and then we pray over our kids okay We have specific, sometimes we have specific prayers other times we just pray in general. One reason that we do this is it build relationships, which is in another session. It builds relationships with our teachers. It creates a bond. And we're also praying and asking God to bless the children's ministry. Okay? So you don't have to do it every month. That's just something that we do. You can do it once a quarter. You can do it once a year. You don't have to do it at all as far as the breakfast. But I encourage you to pray. Now, children's ministry. And the reason children's ministry matters is because children matter. Children matter. Now some of you guys that's been in it a while, you may be thinking, and, and probably even those we hadn't, some of us that haven't been in it too long, there's probably times, I've had those times, there's probably times in the ministry when you sit here and you think, "Why? why do I continue to do what I do? Why am I still doing children ministry? Why do I do what I do? This is why."
0: Dear Miss Donna, it's been over two decades since you taught me, and it only seems like yesterday. And I bet you never thought you'd hear from me. I remember your first Sunday in our all-boys Bible class. We were hardly angelic, nor eager to break in yet another rookie teacher. As you soon learned, we were little guys who had already experienced a lifetime of hard Some of us had divorced parents. A few of us were abused emotionally, verbally, and physically. You name it. Many of us were friendless children. Some of us were too short, too fat, too poor, too weird, or too something. We were a collection of misfits. And church was about the only place left that didn't hurt us. I must confess. I remember a little of what you told us Miss time. But don't think for a moment that you failed your mission. you built a foundation of faith that continues in my life today. I remember one Sunday morning, the day everything changed for me. we would already logged several weeks in the trenches, and after the umpteenth time we had disrupted, demoralized, or been discourteous to you, I asked, why'd you stay? why don't you leave like the others? Do you remember what you said? You pointed to a picture of the cross and said that Jesus died for me and never quit when times were tough. He told me how people ridiculed, rebelled against, and rejected him. You then said something I'll never forget. You said that Jesus loves me so intensely that he willingly endured it all so that everyone could know his love and sometimes those who love Jesus need to do the same so others will know his love you don't know this but I was blown away by what you said you loved me without condition you saw what I could be not who I was it was then that I saw Jesus not just in your eyes, but in your hands, and in your heart. You became Jesus in the flesh to a little boy. I was never the same again. As time passed, you taught me truths from God's Word. I'll forever be grateful to you for leading me where I could not go, nor dare to try. Today, I'm a Sunday school teacher. All because you saw something in me that no one else did. I thank God for you, Miss Donna. You were God's gift to a little boy who merely craved love. So when you feel discouraged and think you're not causing much change when you teach, I know that still happens sometimes. Just think of me and remember what you taught me. Our God is the master of miracles. I am your miracle.
1: based on the true story. I had those stories in our home church where we have kids that come up through and are now teaching Sunday school. That's why we do children's pastor. All right, here's my information. Okay, that's my information if anybody needs it. Uh, we've got... Well, I ain't got much time. But any any questions? So it was all clear as mud, right? (laughs) Just remember this. There's no magic potion. There's nothing that I can just give you that's going to make it happen. You have to be intentional. And I think the two most important things is if you're intentional about the relationships that you build and the excitement that you show I believe that the children's ministry that you have will grow. Okay? Alright, let me pray for you guys and you guys can go. Dear Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you for each one that's here. Dear God, I thank you for the sacrifices that they make. Dear Father, I thank you for uh, the love that they have uh, for your children. I know that they prepare each week. I know that they take time away from their own family and their their own uh, time just to just to serve the kids in the churches that they go to. So dear Father, I pray that you just bless their ministry. Dear God, I pray that they will have, I pray that they will have workers that will come from you like never before. I pray that their ministry will grow. I pray that they will, will flourish. And dear God, I pray that they'll have salvation. I pray that lives will be changed. That's what's about me, I pray that you just bless them for the rest of this time that we have today. And I pray that you give them safe travel as they go back. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Right, Thank you.